feel like a hamster inside of a wheel running a sprint inside of a marathon while balancing on top of a teeter-totter. This podcast is for you. Welcome to Settle Smarter with me, Dana Look Arimoto. Hey friends, producer Paul here. For episode three of our podcast, please welcome Ono Faber, possibility thinker, problem solver, entrepreneur, public speaker, and rare disease patient. He hacked his own DNA. I think you're going to really enjoy this conversation. Let's go to the interview. So welcome to Settle Smarter Podcast with your host, myself, Dana Look Arimoto. I'm really glad to talk to you today. I'd love to hear a little bit about your journey and your story. And we're going to talk about some of the ways that people can integrate career, family, friends, community, even virtually, and their own well-being. We'll probably spend a lot of time talking about well-being in your journey. So welcome to our show. Thank you. Yeah, excited to be here and to talk to you today. So tell us a little bit about where you've been, where you are, and where you're going. (laughs) Um, Yeah, physically, um, I was born in the Netherlands in Europe, and I came to the Bay Area, San Francisco, about six years ago, and I've been here for six years. Uh, (laughs) uh, Where I've been with my mind, like, or with my career, lots of different places. Um, Frankly, I I never really enjoyed high school uh, so much, but... um, I uh, discovered the internet in, uh, in back in the 90s <laughs> uh, when I was in high school and that gave my um, you know, uh, high school time another twist. I started an internet company building websites uh, for companies and software. Um, so I'm a kind of a self-taught engineer, uh, but then decided to study architecture uh, because mm-hmm. I thought I want to do stuff in the real physical world not realizing that uh, actually <laughs> the virtual world and the real world become harder and harder to distinct. And uh, yeah, I went back into technology, uh, started different companies at some point, a video messaging uh, company to make people feel closer. Um, and that is the company that brought me here. And uh, then I got um, diagnosed with a rare uh, genetic disease. Um, I lost my hearing on the left side and they found a tumor in my brain and a second tumor and a tumor in my spinal cord. And uh, they told me I had this genetic disease and that made me switch to the medical uh, space. So I started another company called RDMB, which is a medical data science company, uh, patient-centered, uh, bringing patients in the pharmaceutical industry. And uh, right now, I'm working on a bunch of other projects again. Um, Yeah, starting from scratch. That's the common thread. I like to start from scratch with a problem and find a solution, make things better. So for a lot of our listeners that have the entrepreneurial spirit, much like yourself, not that everybody starts in high school, that might be a little bit of an anomaly. What would you say to them if they have entrepreneurial spirit and yet they haven't explored it, they haven't given themselves sort of the green light to try to go for it and experiment? What would you say? Yeah, um, 
it can seem like the Mount Everest sometimes, and other times it seems so close, and you can just reach and and, and do it directly. I, you know, I've always uh, been driven by uh, motivation for a certain problem. Um, like I, I've always tried to find like in, inside what's driving me to do this. Switch from one thing to the next because that will uh, give you a better indication which of the ideas or problems are really resonating with you more than anything else, right? Because that's incredibly important if you start uh, a company or a career as a freelancer or working for yourself. You, know, you have to be in it for the long haul, potentially. Uh, it doesn't have to go like that, but you should have that feeling like, yeah, this is something I really want to do. Um, because you're going through ups and downs and... Uh, that energy will uh, pull you through your downs <laughs> and your setbacks. So your down was pretty pretty hard to deal with. And for those of our listeners that have health issues, would you share with them a little bit about how your you know after down comes up? How did that how did that work out for you in terms of your health and your recovery and how you're doing now? Yeah, uh, I still have. Uh, the condition it's a chronic condition um you know normally it's only getting worse uh you know you can develop if you have this genetic disease you can develop more tumors over time the tumors that you already have are likely to grow um so the whole medical challenge is to try to keep things stable for as long as possible um it's a big change and, and shift in you know uh, the way you think about your life and what it is about and what you can and cannot do and how much time you have. And I think this is something we all share. Right? We have a limited amount of time uh, on this planet. <laughs> no matter how much money you have or how privileged you are, um, that's the thing I think that, that binds us all. Like we have a limited amount of time. And um, it's... Uh, it was incredibly difficult to hear it. I remember having a phone call with the doctor like 5 a.m. local time because my doctor at the time was in the Netherlands that, that diagnosed me and he told me like, yeah, yeah we, uh, because first I had only one tumor and uh, that's what I got used to. Um, the thought that I had one tumor, I was going to lose my left ear. Uh, but then he said like, we found a second tumor on your other hearing nerve and um uh, Maybe there are more tumors, and you, we think you have this condition called NF2. So there was a much bigger thing going on, um, which was pretty shocking to hear. Yeah, I was alone in the living room, and oh my god! <laughs> um, but but frankly, it's 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 an intense um, moment. But frankly, these moments happen a lot in our lives, right? Where if we lose someone dear to us, or uh, you get fired or, or something, a career change, or your relationship ends. Like, all of these um, uh, are events that uh, challenge the map of reality that you have. In your, you know, like you, you live with this, like whether you want it or not, we all live with a certain idea about our future uh, and about our present. And... Um, you know, even about our past, like we, we have a certain idea of what it is like. And events like these are uh, 
challenging that and, and sometimes throwing the old ideas overboard and you have to get used to the new reality. Um, this one was pretty intense uh, on the scale of intensities was way up there. Um, but I also quickly thought like, uh, okay, I have to accept this and can I do something with um, my experience as an entrepreneur with, with, all, with everything I got? I, I, I felt very fortunate and lucky um, to be in that position and to, to, uh, to, to say, like, okay, I'm, I'm going to try and do something about this and step into this completely new adventure. So it's not every day that our listeners may deal with something that's really heavy or really hard to hear or a circumstance for themselves or a loved one or a coworker or someone that they know out in their part of the universe where they say, I feel lucky. So I heard you say that. I want to react to that. So how does that translate, that attitudinal shift that you made to what you're doing now, that's such an incredible way of, of translating. How, how did you do it? And, and tell us what you're doing now. Uh, yeah, so now I am, uh, you know, starting the entrepreneurial journey again. <laughs> I've done that so many times now that uh, it, it is my thing, you know. Uh, I, I know that much at this point in my life that, I, I cannot really do anything else. This is what I do. I take a problem, whatever it is, and I'm going to investigate with, with curiosity and um, you know challenge the status quo around it. And um, it, when possible, build a structural solution. Uh, you know, if I uh, end up coming up with something, um, build a structural, a structural solution around it, and then involve other people. Uh, around it. So I think in order to um, to even have that option, uh, you, you need to be lucky enough to be able to do that. So, uh, you know, grateful for, for what you do have. And like, yeah, right now I, I still feel quite good um, overall. So I'm, I'm in a good spot. Um, I'm in a really... Uh, you know, I'm in an area like San Francisco Bay Area that's extremely creative where there is a lot of support for new ideas. So I feel very lucky that I made it here and I feel this is a place where um, that, that's perfect for someone like me and gets a lot of support. I call it like fertile ground. <laughs> um, yes. So I feel very lucky to be here. Um, and, you know, the people around me that, that help me uh, relationships, uh, friends, and, and every, everything else, um, which is also incredibly important. So it's it also, that feeling also translated in, um, not, I wouldn't say like obligation, but I felt like I, I have to use this, right? I cannot just sit here and do nothing with that. And uh, um yeah, so I try to use the resources I have for um, for this cause now, uh, partly. I mean, I'm interested in many topics. Um, of course, I'm very passionate about the medical space, but it's not that it's not necessary to keep creating companies around that. Like, I'm, I'm trying to help everyone where I can, 
uh, and, and with the resources I have. And um, yeah, but I'm, I'm interested in other, other problems as well. You know, for example, uh, you know, when I read uh, your story and, you know, I, I was like, God, that's really interesting because we all struggle also with um, whether you have a medical condition or not, you know, how do we uh, uh, direct our attention uh, on a day-to-day basis, um, especially people that are entrepreneurial in, in spirit, usually have a lot of ideas and uh, <laughs> you have only uh, a limited amount of time and uh, how are you going to, to deal with that and, and reduce the amount of stress that you might feel um, you know, related to, to that. Do you have any actionable advice for our listeners about ways to reduce stress? Um, yeah, I do. I actually, one of the new projects I'm working on is <laughs> I'm building a tool for people to um, manage their their time and their attention. And uh, one of the key uh, insights is that you you really want to organize yourself uh, well and make sure that um, you have a space where you can generate ideas and park, you know, do the brain dump, park everything that comes up, structure it, and not necessarily see that as something that you have to do, but more see it as uh, your options. Those are your options. And then what you do in a day is it's almost nothing, right? Like how much can you do within a day? But um, that, that's your choice. How am I going to spend my time and attention today? And you can pick from these options and you know, be realistic uh, about what you can actually do today. And just let the rest just be. Um, and then if you do that every day, like over time, you can accomplish a lot of things. And if you keep... Um, you know, directing your attention and time intentionally and mindfully, I think that is a really important thing to do. And it doesn't have to be necessarily only about productivity. It also has to be, I'm going to spend some time and attention on myself. I'm going to do nothing. I'm going to take me time uh, today. Uh, No phone calls or whatever. Uh, Go to the sauna. Whatever it is that you do, uh, go to the gym. You don't always, or, or just literally do nothing. Uh, You don't always have to be productive either. There is a documentary coming out called Becoming Nobody that I'm very keen to watch. I'm fortunate enough I'll get to see a pre-screening of it in our sweet little community of Half Moon Bay. We have a lot of people that think the way that you do. And I, I just really encourage our listeners to practice the art of doing nothing once in a while and experimenting with it in the discussions we have on this podcast, sometimes we also talk about failure and not being so afraid of it and not giving it so much power that it keeps you from trying. Do you want to comment on that? Um, yeah, first first of all, I think in the Netherlands, we have this word for it uh, of doing nothing called Nixon. Um, actually, if you Google it, uh, N-I-K-S-E-N, uh, there are some articles written about it recently because uh, it's the verbalized version of of nothing. <laughs> um, so it's one word for just the act of doing nothing, not even meditating or concentrating on anything. It's just like 
literally doing nothing, sitting on the couch um, and, and just spacing out, um, which is, uh, yeah, we have a word for it. I think that's really interesting. Um, yeah, and with, with failure, um, yeah, I think it's just important that um, failure is inevitable, especially for entrepreneurs trying new stuff. Um, it's not only inevitable, it's most of the time, <laughs> everything you do will fail. That, that's the way uh, it is. Uh, I, I studied architecture, I mentioned, and um, we are uh, trained to think in prototyping. Um, so prototypes are, uh, so, you know, dumbed down versions of an idea of, of what you might want to realize at some point. Uh, so a little sketch of a building is a prototype. You can make a model, you can make a computer model and walk around in it. And these are, um, of course, all supposed to fail. Like, but the key of a prototype is I'm going to uh, create a, a dumbed-down version and try to learn something from it that I can take with me to the next prototype. So that might also help uh, that idea. Like, you're not failing. No, you're just prototyping. You're trying to learn. You're doing something and trying to learn, and that serves as input for the next version. Um, and this is, you know, what we do our entire lives in, in, in all facets of life, I think. Yeah. We're so always for the, learning. Yeah, for the tech community, I mean, there's rapid experimentation, and there's failing fast, and there's iteration, and there's minimum viable. For the non-tech listeners, there's a way to translate that, which is really taking risks, to be honest. At least that was my own experience. I didn't grow up in technology. I certainly grew up next to it in a lot of ways, especially being in California and Silicon Valley for 22 years. And before I decided to become a corporate defector, I ran a company with technology. So I certainly was not an engineer or technologist, but I learned enough to know that being agile and dynamic is really about taking risks. And so I'd encourage our listeners to take some risks and really experiment with whatever ideas you do have. And I love the concept of Nixon. I plan to practice it today. <laughs> yeah. So I like to play fact versus fiction with all of our guests. Would you like to move into that? Part sure. of this discussion? Okay. So we'll start with an easy one. Fact or fiction, doing nothing makes you lazy. Hmm. Definitely fiction. <laughs> Wonderful. So you said something I want to resonate with also. You talked a lot about this prototyping. So prototyping aspects of your life is only for people who are technical. Fact or fiction? Fiction. And having sort of this idea time to really come up with whatever the ideas are before you start planning them, that is a surefire way to goof around and not get anything actually done. Fact or fiction? Absolute fiction. <laughs> 100%. You're too good at this game. <laughs> so before we wrap up, do you want to tell us a little bit about RDMD? We didn't talk much about it. Yeah, so... Um... Yeah, RDMD is the, is the last company I started. It's a uh, medical data science company. Uh, so the whole idea there is 
that in rare disease, it's um, there are not a lot of resources available for each rare disease. But rare disease as a whole is a really big problem. There are 7,000 rare diseases, uh, an estimated one in 10 people here have one. So it's huge. It's just every disease is a bit different. And uh, that results in uh, the problem being like largely unsolved. And uh, I wanted to, I'm still doing that with, with other ideas, but uh, I wanted to improve access to these diseases and make it easier for um, researchers and companies to work on them. And I felt having a centralized data set um, is really important there. And uh, what if that data set is owned by patients collectively? Uh, that can change the game. So we sign up patients on an individual basis and uh, we are collecting all the clinical history and uh, making sense from it by creating research uh, grade data sets from it. And um, these research grade data sets, they can then be used by you know, multiple companies, multiple researchers. Uh, the data sets can improve in quality over time. And um, yeah, creating a, creating a central resource instead of everybody having to do that uh, themselves. Also, if you already have these data sets, um, literally it becomes more interesting for companies to invest in it because usually that can take years to build. And it, it forms a risk in terms of shall we do this disease or not. Uh, so it's, uh, yeah, it's improving uh, access, reducing uh, the, the amount of time needed to, uh, yeah, to, to have access to this data. So that, yeah, that's what was that uh, what that one is about, and um, it's um, yeah, it's an infrastructure that's uh, it's, it starts with one disease, then a few diseases, but it's an infrastructure built around the problem of rare disease in general. Is it fair to also say then, for people with rare diseases, they might also feel less alone? There's a community aspect, isn't there? Um, there, there is, um, but we are also focused on people's privacy. Yeah. So, yeah, patients are, uh, they come in different, different kinds, right? Some people don't, uh, really care too much about their personal privacy. I mean, I've, I've been very open about my condition. It's all over the map. I did a hackathon with 300 people worked on my uh, DNA. So <laughs> I shared, I shared a lot about myself uh, very publicly, but not everybody is like that. And for very understandable reasons as well. So, um, you know, we are, uh, uh, the, the patients are, are hundred uh, percent anonymous when they sign up, but there is a certain community feeling because you, you can see how many patients join in total. So you can see, Hey, I'm not alone. Yeah. We're building something together, but there is not, um, yeah, we decided not to have a, a community aspect uh, right now on that. Like, there are other, other solutions for that, but because it could inhibit people from, you know, trusting this platform with their sensitive data, um, which, is, uh, which is a really important aspect of it, privacy and security. Absolutely. So for those of you that are interested in learning more about 
everything we talked about today, we're going to share in the show notes. You have a TEDx talk as well. Uh, I didn't know about the hackathon with your DNA that is really open and transparent to a level that most people probably can't get their head around. And maybe that is sort of the theme of today is what it takes is really sharing our stories, which is why this podcast exists so that people can make choices for themselves consciously, actively. And I want to resonate also with what you said earlier. It's really beyond value and productivity. It's about joy and quality of life. We have finite time So do you want to share anything else that I didn't ask you that you wish I had, or maybe advice to your younger self or other people who are maybe on the journey? (laughs) (laughs) I would advise my younger self. I'm I'm a pretty opportunistic person. Like, oh, this is, we can change that. Like, this is a cool idea. And I have these, this strong belief that it's possible and that I can, uh, do something uh, real to help uh, but at the same time you also you want to work from uh, a place where you are right now uh, you need to be realistic as well for example about how much time you have um, and that is a, uh, it requires a mind switch and I think training yourself to to switch between thinking in in opportunities and possibilities but then switch back to okay this is where i am right now i'm just going to do this little thing to move forward um that's that is an, another i think it's a good skill to to practice because uh, you hear a lot of stories right of people that are very successful in everything they do but for every story like that there are like a million stories of people that are struggling right so um, it, uh, you know, be careful with all these role models um, because you are where you are right now and, and that's so much more important for you than uh, what these outliers are, are doing. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, that's... The, these topics are... I'm very fascinated by them and, uh, yeah, that, that's, why I, uh, that's why I decided to also spend some time working on tools for that and um yeah i I believe that um entrepreneurs are extremely important uh, for this world i've always um you know be very excited uh, for people deciding to go work for themselves or take a take a stab at it um and even if they take the smallest step or especially if they are daring to take the smallest step in that direction and just do do what you can to to move into that direction you know? don't, don't um, yeah be realistic and, and grounded there that's really important so that is the most amazing way to wrap up today's show and i would just urge you to really hear what was shared here and take the small step it doesn't need to be giant it could be a minute it could be an hour it could be the art of doing nothing it could be that you really do have an idea you want to experiment with and you can always start small so we are so grateful and we would love to stay connected and continue to follow your journey it is a really beautiful story and we appreciate so much you sharing it thank you so much it was great to be here thank you
Settle Smarter is produced by New Dog Media in association with Phoenix Fifth, who are solely responsible for the content. Check the show notes for links to our website, settlesmarter.com, to find Dana Look Aramoto's latest book, take the quiz, read more about today's guest, and to contact us with your response to the show or any questions or comments. And don't forget to subscribe to the Settle Smarter podcast and share the episode. Settle Smarter was recorded and edited by Paul Godwin, who also composed our theme music. Settle Smarter can be heard at Apple, Google, Spotify, and wherever you hear your podcasts. On behalf of Dana Look Arimoto and the whole Settle Smarter team, this is Paul Godwin saying, see you next time. Thank you.